Good morning, Village Kids and Youth. Thank you all for joining us for virtual worship this morning. I hope each of you are safe and doing well, washing your hands and practicing social distancing and and using your liquid gold properly. That is Lysol. (laughs) This morning, I'm I'm going to continue talking about walking in confident dependency on the Lord Jesus, who is the author and perfecter of our faith who is our good and faithful high priest. We don't have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet without sin. In times like these, everyone needs a high priest like Jesus, one who empathizes with our weaknesses. He empathizes with what we are going through at this moment. So if we would please open your Bible or your Bible app to Psalm 16. This is a psalm of confidence and and trust in the Lord God, and it speaks for us this morning. It speaks for our hearts and our minds and our souls. Psalm 16 speaks for us intellectually and emotionally. It speaks for us holistically. It reminds our hearts and minds and souls to walk in confident dependency upon the Lord Jesus Christ in times like these. Last week I preached on verses 1 and 2. Today I'm only going to preach on verse 3. I was hoping to get done with the whole psalm today, but uh, that didn't happen this week. So Psalm 16, I'm going to read verses 1 and 2 and 3. So here's God's word to his beloved people. Preserve me, O God, for in you I take refuge. I say to the Lord, you are my Lord. I have no good apart from you. As for the saints in the land, they are the excellent ones in whom is all my delight. Please pray with and for me. Holy Spirit, as we continue this uh, worship service, I I, I pray that you will bless the preaching of the word. Preaching has no power apart from you. No power if you don't move. No power if you don't bring conviction. No power if you don't bring encouragement to God's beloved. The preacher is just a person, an under-shepherd, a vessel, The power lies within you, Holy Spirit. You have the power to take these words and to apply it to the hearts of everyone that is tuning in today. You are the one who leads us into all all truth. You are the one who guides God's people. So, Holy Spirit, do your job. Do your work in us and through us. I pray for all of this in Christ's name. Amen. Jesus' earthly ministry lasted just three years. And throughout his ministry, tons of people came to him for various reasons. Some came wanting physical healing. Others came to hear him teach and preach. And some came hoping to undermine him. 
And one of these individuals was described as a rich, young ruler. And one day he encountered Jesus. He ran up and knelt before Christ. And this is what he asked Jesus. He says, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. No one is good except God alone. Can I get some virtual amens? No one is good except God alone. God's goodness is part of his character. It's one of his attributes. And one theologian says, good is what God approves. There's no higher standard of goodness than God's own character, his approval, or whatever is consistent with that character. Do you believe it? Do you trust it? Do y'all surrender to it? And do y'all share it? Because God is good, because God is good, David can say with confidence and trust, preserve me, O God, for in you I take refuge. I say to the Lord, you are my Lord. I have no good apart from you. And in the Hebrew, that means I have no good apart from you. So what is this goodness that David doesn't have apart from the Lord? What's the goodness that that y'all don't have apart from Jesus? Because as American Christians, we think we only need a little bit of Jesus. We think we just need Jesus to, to get us through. Like, a, like, like this financial stimulus package that's, that's got approved this week. That's what we think we need Jesus for. But David says he has no good apart from God. So what is this goodness? First, there's the goodness of being with God's people. Take a moment. Think about that. Meditate on that. That's right. Being in fellowship with God's people is goodness from him. It's goodness that you don't have apart from him. Who are God's people? God's people are those who have saving faith in Jesus Christ alone. In the Gospel of John, chapter 14, verse 6, Christ says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Do you believe that? Jesus' life, death, and resurrection makes it possible for sinful people to be made right with a holy God. So do y'all know Jesus as Lord and Savior? If not, his hands are extending out to you. Grab hold of them by faith. And here's how. Confess to him that you are a sinner separated from God because of that sin. Then you ask for forgiveness of that sins. Repent of it. Then submit and surrender to him as your Lord and Savior. Ask him to take your life. And listen, Jesus won't reject you. Okay? He won't reject you. He'll receive you. He will accept you. He will forgive you. And he will bring you into union with himself. You will be adopted into God's family. Not as the help. Not as an orphan. Not as a project. But as sons and daughters. But as sons and daughters. 
you will re- when you receive Jesus in saving faith, you are adopted by God. He becomes your good, good father, and you become his kids. How does that make you feel? And what do y'all think about it this day, this morning, right now, and what we're dealing with in the world? What do you think about that? J.I. Packer once said, if you want to judge how well a person understands Christianity, find out how much he makes of the thought of being God's child and having God as his good father. If this is not the thought that prompts and controls his worship and prayers and his whole outlook on life, it means he doesn't understand Christianity very well at all. Think about those words. If you don't understand that as as a Christian, God is your father and you are his kid, then you don't understand Christianity at all. God becomes your father through saving faith in Jesus. It ain't just getting saved and going to heaven. He's your father right now. Right now. And he's good. But here's the thing. He's not just your father. Can I get any amens? You're not the only child, okay? You're adopted into a family, which means you have a lot of siblings, Siblings who are uh, similar to you and siblings who are different from you. And your heavenly father doesn't have favorites. He has no favorites. He doesn't. He doesn't love Christians who are Republican more than those who claim to be Democrats. He loves them all the same. All God's people are equally his sons and daughters. Regardless of ethnicity, nationality, gender, economic status, or political affiliation, do you believe that? Ephesians two nineteen, uh, Ephesians two nineteen through verse nineteen through twenty two says, "You are no longer strangers and aliens." Think about that word. But listen to this: you are fellow citizens with the saints, members of God's household. Built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure being built together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him, you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. That's all amen words, saints. Every person who has saving faith in Jesus is part of this family. This covenant family, this church, the body of Christ. And being with this family is goodness from God the Father to each of his sons and daughters. But we take it for granted. Now that you don't have it, now that you can't come together, do you miss it? Because as American Christians, we... We don't think we take for granted these gatherings. But now we know what can happen. Life is so fragile. A virus that you can't even see with the eye has, 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 has just ramshacked the world. Life is so fragile. Don't take for granted the blessing of being with God's people. 
the goodness that comes from it. Look at verse 3. David says, as for the saints in the land, they are the excellent ones in whom is all my delight. As for the saints in the land, they are the excellent ones in whom is all my delight. Our brother David uses two adjectives to, to describe God's people. He describes them as saints. Every person who has saving faith in Jesus is a saint. That is who you are. That is who you are. But now that doesn't mean Christians are perfect. Doesn't mean they have it all together. We still struggle with sin. They have, we have issues. We have broken places. Saint means, here it is, saint means all Christians are set apart by God in Christ to live a godly life under Jesus' lordship through the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what it means. Christians are set apart by God in Christ to live a godly life under Jesus' lordship through the power of the Holy Spirit. They're set apart to be salt of the earth. They're set apart to be the light of the world. And, 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 and TVC saints, no other group of people can be solid of the world and light of the world but Christians. The world needs light right now. They need light. Sons and daughters of God, rise up. Let your light shine before humanity that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Rise up. Next, David describes God's people as the excellent ones. What, what does he mean? Again, he doesn't mean God's people are perfect and flawless. The, the term the excellent refers to noble character and qualities like uprightness and ethical and self-sacrificing. For Christians, this means becoming more and more like Jesus. That's what it means. Not more and more like humanity, but like Jesus. Second Corinthians 3.18 says, And we all, with unveiled faces, reflect the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into his image with intensifying glory, which comes from God, who is the Spirit. Do you believe that? 1 John 2, 6 says, whoever abides in Jesus ought to walk in the same way in which Jesus walked. This, this walking is done in and through the power of the Holy Spirit. He transforms Christians from the inside out, producing in them the fruit of the Spirit. You know what's the fruit of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The Spirit does that. Reverend Joseph Larry was born right here in Huntsville, Alabama in 1921. He was a son of a teacher and a shoemaker. And Reverend Larry was known as the dean of the civil rights movement. He spent his life fighting for racial justice in America, particularly in doing the Jim Crow South. And on Friday at the age of 98, our brother went to be with Jesus, and he leaves behind a legacy of striving to be salt and light, walking in the ways of Jesus. He fought the good fight of the faith. He let the Lord use him. He did. 
And he he once said, you've got to love all God's children. That's what he once said. You've got to love all God's children. Do you? Do you love all of his kids? The excellent ones, these saints. These are the ones in whom is all of David's delight. He takes pleasure and joy in being with God's people. For being with God's people is goodness from him. As for the saints in the land, they are the excellent ones in whom is all my delight. And the saints in the land are all believers from every nation, from every tribe, every denomination, every culture, every language, every social status. Do y'all take pleasure in being with other Christians? Christians who are similar to you and Christians who are different from you. You see, the church is a family God chooses for you. You don't choose it for yourself. He brought you into this. (laughs) You didn't bring yourself in. But do you believe that? Again, David says, preserve me. Oh, God, for when you I take refuge, I say to the Lord, you are my Lord. I have no good apart from you. As for the saints in the land, they are the excellent ones in whom is all my delight. When you delight in someone or something, that person or thing becomes a priority in your life. Oh, yeah, pastor getting ready to get in your business. You make, pro- you make time for your priorities. Your priorities reveal a lot about who and what you actually love and enjoy. They reveal your pleasures. What has this time of social distancing revealed about your view of God's people? What has it revealed about the role of the local church in your life? What has it revealed about your priorities? You need other Christians in your life, and they need you. American culture is very individualistic, but Christianity is not. That is not a core value of Christianity. It is not you and Jesus walking together in isolation of other believers. It's not, it's not just you and Jesus. You're part of a family, a community. You have brothers and sisters in Christ who are similar to you and who are different from you. And truly being part of a local body of Christ is part of walking in dependency on Jesus. You can't say, I love Jesus, then say you have no need for his church that he died for. Go to the Bible and show me that in Scripture. You can't say, I love you, Jesus. But say, I don't want to be a part of a local body of Christ. Again, show me that in Scripture. John 13, verses 34 and 35 says, Christ says, a new commandment I give you, that you love one another, even as I have loved you. You shall also love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Notice what he doesn't say. He doesn't say by your politics. Doesn't say by your denomination, by your theology, by your culture, by the causes you fight for. 
by your love for other believers, the world will know that you are my disciples. We think the world knows we are his disciples because of other things, the causes we stand against. That's not what Christ says. Your love for a brother who votes differently than you bears witness to my name. But do we believe that? But Pastor Alex, you just don't understand. It's hard loving other Christians. It's difficult. You, you just don't know that these, these Christians in my church, they're hypocrites and they, they're, they're judgmental. I have nothing in common with them. They're, they're too different for me, Pastor. If you love Jesus as much as you say you do, then you will also love his people with all their mess and with all their brokenness. Why? Because Jesus loves you with all your mess and all your brokenness. You don't, don't be sitting out there on, on Facebook Live thinking you got it all together. You, you, you're hard to love. You got mess. You're broken. And Christ loves you. And if you say you can't love other Christians and their mess and brokenness, then you don't understand God's love for you. You don't. Because you don't deserve it, but he loves you anyway. To all the TV saints tuning in, if you are a member of, the, of this church, do y'all miss being able to gather face to face? Do you miss seeing your brothers and sisters in Christ? Be honest with yourself. God already knows. Are you calling each other, texting each other just to check in and see how you're doing? Praying for one another. This time of social distancing will reveal a lot about us as a church. It's going to reveal whether we are family or we are simply people who go to church together. You know, the kids go to school together, but some of them aren't really friends. They just take up the same space. Is that who we are? Is that who we really are? We know what the website says, but functionally are we a family? Or functionally are we just people who go to church together? Do you delight in one another within this body of Christ? Our church website states the village church is a multicultural and multi-ethnic church. That's the kind of family that we're asking Jesus uh, to grow here. We want to really experience Revelation 7-9 within our body of Christ. And, and Revelation 7-9 says, After this I looked, and behold, a great multitude uh, which no man can number, from every tribe, from every from every nation, from every people and tongue, standing before the throne and, and before the Lamb, clothed in, in white robes with palm branches in their hands. We want to see that here on earth, in this body, in this church. But do y'all believe being part of the village church family is goodness from Jesus to you? Do you believe uh, being a part of a church that's striving to be multicultural, multi-ethnic, is God's goodness to you? Do you believe that? If you believe it, then make a decision to be fully engaged. If you're going to be here, be here. Be intentional in building diverse relationships within our body. Because if you can't build them here, you're not going to build them out there. You're not. And my prayer and hope is that you would delight in one another as brothers and sisters in the Lord. I pray that you will humbly and intentionally cultivate genuine community and relationships with one another right now. That looks like picking up the phone and calling somebody because you can't hang out right now. 
Call members that you know well and call members you don't know well. Just pick up the telephone. Let's truly love each other. Let's not simply tolerate one another. Jesus doesn't tolerate you. He loves you and he delights in you. Did you know that? Think about that. Christ doesn't tolerate you. He loves you. He delights in you. Psalm 149.4 says, For the Lord takes pleasure in his people. Oh, that's so beautiful. So beautiful. He takes pleasure in his people. So, so we can walk in Jesus' footsteps in the way that we treat one another within our family. We can pursue genuine friendships. Now, I know it's unrealistic to be close to, to everybody in this church. You, you won't be. But you can't be close to some people. You can be close to some that, 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 that you get below the surface of life. And let me get below the surface for just a moment. We're not in heaven yet. So the village church isn't ever going to be some multi-ethnic, multicultural utopia. It's going to be chaotic trying to do real life in this type of church. And here's the thing. Some of you won't survive the chaos. Some of you are going to leave like others have in the past because they can't handle the chaos. There's going to be some family members you just, you just don't get along with. You're going to clash with them. They're going to get under your skin. They're going to get on your nerves. And guess what? You get on their nerves too. And let's be honest. Some of you have been practicing social distancing in our church long before this virus came. Long before this virus came. Just own it. We will and we have sinned against one another. There will be insensitive statements. We will talk about race. We will talk about injustice. We're going to talk about those things. We will. And what we do is when issues happen, you have a decision to make. My, my encouragement to you is that keep short accounts with one another. Ask for forgiveness. Pursue reconciliation. You can't delight in someone when they have something against you and you have something against them. You're just faking it. Just like any family, just like your blood relatives. You don't get along with all those folks. Some of them you don't even want to see during the holidays. It ain't going to be any different here. But because you're family, you work it out. American Christians, we have the luxury to church hop instead of staying in it and working it out. Work it out. Seek each other out to make rights wrong. Jesus loves it when his people reconciles. Personal reconciliation is us loving one another. But do we believe that? Hebrews 10, 24 and 25 says, Let us consider how to stir one another up to love and good works, not neglecting meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. All the more as you see the day drawing near. Who can you encourage within the faith today? 
Who can you encourage within this body today? Who can you? Take this time of, of, of everything shutting down to, to reevaluate your priorities. What is really important? Relationships are important. You need one another more than ever. TVC Saints walking in dependency on the Lord Jesus is not a solo journey. It is not. It is not a solo journey. Walking in dependency upon him, we do it in community with other believers. And it's not just you and your family. You and your kids. You need other believers. You need diverse relationships in your life. Get to know other Christians who are different than you. See them as as individuals created in the image of God. For us, we're praying that, that this community would be a diverse, beloved community. That's what we're praying for. And each of us have a role to play. Now, it's hard doing anything right now. But again, it, it, it doesn't, it's not hard picking up the phone, checking in. It's not hard sending a text and say, I'm praying for you and your family. It's not hard saying, hey, do you need me to run to the grocery store for you? Those are practical ways for us to love one another during this season. Reach out and touch somebody. <laughs> if I could sing, I would sing it. If I'm a preacher, not a singer. I found a quote online this week. It says, the beloved community is formed not by the eradication of differences, but by its affirmation. Each of us claiming the identities and and cultural legacies that shape who we are and how we live in the world. If you join a village church, we're not going to eradicate your culture. We're not going to eradicate your cultural identity. What we're saying, we want to affirm those things about you that brings glory to God. We're trying to blend those things together into one family, and it will be glorious, but it will also be chaotic. But all things are possible with Jesus who loves us. And we can't do it through our own strength. We do it through the power of the Holy Spirit. Let us pray. Father, Lord Jesus, we, I want to pray a prayer of supplication for all of those that are tuning in. I pray for their families. I pray for their health. I pray for provisions over them. I pray for comfort for them. And, Lord, I pray for our government and for um, those that are on the front lines uh, of this crisis, that you will protect them, protect their families. And I pray for healing, Father. Healing, Lord. I pr- Lord, this, the world is in your hands, Father. And as your people, we cry out to you for mercy. For the whole world. We, we, you, you have shown us that life is fragile. And we are definitely not in control. And so as your son, I, I, I cry out to you for mercy. As your son, I, I cry out to you for healing. As your son, I, I cry out to you that you will uh, give wisdom that somewhere, somebody will find an answer to this virus. You will do it, Lord. Show this world that there is a God 
that you are still on your throne, that you are not silent, that this is your world. I pray for those who have lost loved ones. Several of my neighbors and friends have lost loved ones, and I pray that you will comfort them today. I pray that they will grieve and grieve well, but I pray they will not lose sight of the fact that you're good in their life, even in the midst of the pain and suffering. I pray for those, Lord, who all the extroverts who are struggling right now because they don't like being alone. I pray that you help them find comfort. I pray for those, Lord, who are afraid to even step outside to, to, take, to take in some of the, the nice good weather because they are afraid of what might happen. Lord, perfect love casts out all fear. Let us be wise, but not let us be fearful. Help us to love our neighbor as ourselves. Help us to, 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 to know that you are still good. And I pray for this upcoming week that we will all step out in confidence and knowing that you are good, you are able, and you are willing. It's in Christ's name that I pray. Amen. Here's God's benediction to his sons and daughters, the ones in whom he loved dearly. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. And all God's people said, Amen. Be safe, saints.